Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift. And today, I am really happy to have a lady on this show that I met Completely accidentally, we were connected through some trick of the universe, and it was such a, such a wonderful conversation we had. So Stacy Brayuka is a change navigator and squirrel wrangler, and I just love that title. So Stacy, welcome so much. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank tell, you so much for having me, Marty. And tell, tell us a little bit about that interesting Change Navigator and Squirrel Wrangler title that you bear. Well, Change Wrangler came about because I have spent a lifetime, well, part of my lifetime, professional lifetime as a clinical social worker and public health educator. And then I got uh, trained as a certified master practitioner of NLP, MER, and hypnosis. And, you know, having the title of da 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 all of those things was just a bit much. Yeah. And I woke up one morning, literally five in the morning, and realized that what I have always done, always, even before I was a social worker, was helped na- people navigate change. And one of the things I tell clients that I work with is that they are the captain of their ship. I am just the navigator. You're the one that knows where we're going. You tell me where we're going, and I'm going to give you a plethora of tools and a herd of squirrels to figure out, to help figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. I'm your guide. I am not your, I don't, I don't make decisions for people. I don't um, advise necessarily always. It's I guide you. Here's, here's the tools. Which ones do you want to use? Okay, you want to use those? Yeah, let's go. Let's, you know, then I will teach, but I, but I don't, um, I don't make decisions for people. That's the, we each make our own decisions. We and have that's, to. That's the beauty. That should be the beauty of coaching that a coach should never tell a client. This is what you need to do. If your coach is saying, this is what you need to do. They're not coaching. They're consulting. And mm-hmm. nor should a therapist. Yeah. yeah. A therapist or a coach should neither, neither one should do that. And, and actually coaching is what I do now. Yeah. I, um, is more coaching. Um, and the difference, if people don't know, the difference between therapy and coaching is therapy is clinical and looks at the past. Coaching is in the here and now and looks at the future. Therapists can do coaching, but coaches cannot do therapy. Right. So just yeah. that's my quick little tutorial yeah, no, on that. And, and we, we have therapists that come on here and reinforce that too. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I think that the, the therapist to a coach is a natural transition. I think mm-hmm. the coach to a therapist is a very scary transition because you have to be trained to be a therapist. You have I was going to say, without the yeah. education, if somebody is a coach and they go back to school and get the education, then then it's yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But there there is a um, the there there are things in our the dealing with clinical things and trauma and the past that you you do need. You do need to have, yeah. you know, yeah. an education. You don't, you don't want your local meat cutter as your doctor. Right, right. And surgeon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but, you, but you do want them to cut up, cut up dinner for you because they're going to cut up a great dinner. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there are, uh, so there's value 
and everything, but you do have to be careful. Yeah, on that. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and so thanks. I think, I think it's always important every now and then we, we just highlight that. So, so you deal with people in transition and change and definitely divorce is transition and change. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how, why, why is change so frightening for people? Why, why do you, why do uh-huh. you think that is? Well, I think you used the perfect word, frightening, is that that fear of the unknown, that we all at some level in some way have a fear or an apprehension or sometimes even excitement because fear has the same feeling in our bodies frequently as excitement. And so fear, excitement, whatever of of the unknown and change is the unknown. We get comfortable in our known things and we need to, in order to change, you are looking at something you have, you're changing from what you have done before to what you are, have maybe never done. Right. Um, And, and it's that fear. And, and I think, um, you know, fear and anxiety are forward emotions. They're things that are, they actually are the only emotion our main emotions that are in our future. They're not in our past. Right. Um, other emotions are emotions that we, the emotion, an emotion is a fleeting thing. It happens and then it's gone. Now we're like, wait a minute. No, I was angry. I'm angry at that son of a, or a daughter <laughs> of a whatever. And I'm still angry at him. Right. And it's, it's yes. The anger happens at a moment. It's the memory of the anger that we hold on to that is that longer term. Right. But anger, guilt, shame, those emotions happen in the past. Whereas things like anxiety and fear are future. And the cool thing is, is there's some really cool tools out there in the world that can help you get through all of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's that we, until we realize that, and really until we realize that change is, can be as easy as a decision. Um, I, ha- I have an example. Is it okay if I yeah, share an example please, please. of a decision? Yeah. So we're coming up, as we're recording this, I'm coming up on one year ago that I made the decision to eat differently. And so for one year, uh, almost a year exactly, I have, and and it was, it was not a decision that I expected, thought about ahead of time. It literally happened in a flash. I stepped on the scales. I looked down. I said, wait a minute, you weigh more than that. And then went, well, apparently I don't. And then it's, hmm. I thought about what I had done that caused that, which was intermittent fasting for about a year and a half. And I thought, well, if you can do that with you know, when you really didn't try hard, what can you do if you tried? That literally is what went through my mind. And just, I, even to this day, I don't like stepping on the scales. I don't step on the scales. I don't think it's the good, the best measurement of our health and our wellness. And so I found a device that I started using that tracks my metabolism, whether I'm burning fat or carbs. And uh, after I made the decision, so I made the decision of I'm going to try. Then my brain started seeing things that were out there and this device came across my Facebook feed and I'm like, I'm going to go learn about it. I went and learned about it. I'm like, I'm going to try it. 
and I've been using it for a year now. And within six months, the first six months, I lost 40 pounds. Wow. Congratulations. That's right. That initial view was just 17 pounds. So I've lost 60 pounds since my high, but the 40 of it was from making a decision. Right. And it was making a decision to do something that previous to that, I either didn't want to do, was afraid to do, or, you know, and, and I had tried before and wasn't able to maintain for more than a couple of days. Yeah. And I'm coming up on a year. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so you can make a decision in a, in a flash that will actually make that kind of impact in your life. And we all have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And, and I like the idea that it doesn't have to be this huge decision. It can be something that's, that initially seems like quite a small decision. And then all of a sudden it's like, but look at the huge impact it has on your life. So, yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. My day, the way I look at food is totally different today than a year ago. Right. What I eat every day. And that also has made an impact. The, the trickle down effects are, I have another, I have the other family member in my house is now eating different as well. And I caught myself getting on the treadmill the other day <laughs> because I had ener- extra energy and I was like, I feel like walking. And I'm like, that's a really weird thought. Yeah. That's not something I, I uh, 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 uh. like, and that wasn't from, you know, it, it's like all these ripples and the other ripples I feel better. I'm working more. I bought a headset so that I could run around the house more and move more on purpose. Right. Right. You know, but my, I'm feeling more alive in my, even in my business, it's had an impact in my business and in my coaching of other people. And, and I think that's a really, that's what I really try to stress to my clients too, Stacey, is that sometimes you make a decision in one area of your life and it has this ripple effect. That's so mm-hmm. positive throughout the rest of your life. And I know, you know, women or men going through a divorce make literally a thousand decisions. People don't realize like the minute decisions you have to make, like who gets the silverware that Aunt Beatrice gave us, you know, 25 years ago at our wedding. All of every little thing is a decision. And then there's yeah. decisions like, who, you know, the house, financing, debt. There's big decisions and there's little decisions and recognizing that every decision is a positive step forward. It's a choice and that there's Mm -hmm. tools that can help you. And that's what, that's what I'm, I'm tying this back to what you talked about, what you did is you help people see their decisions, evaluate them, and then help them find the resources and tools to make them work. So yeah, love that. And, And I love, and I love your description because It's not just something that may look like a big decision may for some couples be an easy one to make. Oh, well, we'll just split it this way and this way because this is what, whatever, Yeah. you know, this is how much you made. This is how much I made. We'll just split it here. Or I really don't care about having the house, but it might be that the silverware is a more emotionally laden decision and might be harder. Right. So it looks like a smaller decision, maybe. I mean, and I'm just using the silverware because I'm yeah. following the thread you get. Yeah. Um, it looks like a smaller decision, but maybe it's not because it's more emotionally laden. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and you know, if you want to take it even a step further, here's something I've seen. I've actually had this happen as a mediator where the couple agreed with, you know, a multi-million dollar estate, no problem dividing it. But the, but the, the point that, that they couldn't agree on is the dog. The dog was the, the dog. Was right the, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're and not taking right my, there. you're not I taking could, my four-legged from me. I can mm-hmm. see exactly. I don't care who right you now. are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, something else that I know that you are, are very passionate about is how do you be congruent with yourself on um, mm. difficult times and through times of change? Because I know, again, sometimes we feel like we're being told by a bunch of different people what we need to do. The attorney, I'm just going back to divorce. And the attorney yeah. saying one thing, your family members are saying something else, your friends are saying yeah. something else, your, your heart says this is what you want to do. How do you be congruent with yourself when you're going through a period of change, whether it's divorce, changing careers, deciding on retirement? What do you have to do for that? You know, I'm going to actually bring it back and say, when do you be congruent with yourself, period? Okay. Not just when you go through change, because I think establishing congruence with ourself is important from the get-go so that when we face times of change, it might be easier to maintain that congruence with ourself. Okay. And one thing about one of the things I think that is vital for being congruent with ourselves is something that we're not taught as a society. COVID may have kind of opened up the door to peek at it a little bit, and that's self care. And it actually, in some professions, self care is vital for maintaining that career and your own sanity. But even I think with all of us, we think so much of and especially uh, I will say, especially as as females, and that's whether you're born female or, or live as females. I think females are in our society, females are expected to be caretakers. We're expected to do for others, do for others, do for others, do for others. We never discuss except when you get on an airplane and they say put on your on your mask first. Right. It's about the only time we even talk about self-care. We need to talk about that in a much deeper way, not only individually, but as a society. I think we need to, you know, there's advocacy things in policies that we need to look at. How do we make sure, no matter whether we're male or female, that we're caring for ourselves? Um, and so some, I have kind of a cadence of self-care that I teach people, and it's, um, it's just to kind of get people started, right? And that's the minimum amount of self-care you need at any given level. So, and, and then I teach people to start with just one of these, because when you're building a new habit, when you're changing and building a new habit, it takes at least 21 days to build that habit, right? So that self-care cadence is five minutes every hour, a half hour every day, two hours every week one day every month, and one week every year. And those are minimums, okay? So let's say you start with the five hour or five minutes every hour. So that, if, and you know, we also want to kind of maybe break that down a little bit, maybe not every single hour of the 24 hours, because some of that you're going to be sleeping. But let's call it during your workday. Five minutes every hour of your workday, maybe except for your lunch, because you're already taking a break. Five minutes every hour 
set a timer and do something other than working, other than interacting with other people, other than doing any work in the house. It's not the time to get up and, oh, I'll change a load of dishes. It's not the time to uh, say, I'll go walk the dog. It's not, I'll go take a shower. It's, it, it could be there's a fine line between the shower thing and the dog part. Because the dog part, you, can, you, you could say, I'm going to spend time with the dog cuddling or playing. The walking the dog or whatever is because the dog needs to go out to go to the bathroom or what have you. So you want to be real careful on any of your self-care time, making sure that the focus is on self, not on the other individuals or people involved. So self-care could be a phone call to your sister. It could be going for a walk with your son, but it has to be because that walk is for you. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So you have to be really, really careful when you involve other people. You can involve other people and do self-care together because some of the best self-cares I know for me is one of my best self-care is going out to an evening with family and watching my brother play live music. And that's self-care for me, even though it's also a family event. So I have to be careful that not all of my self-care is that way because some of my self-care is doing digital art on my iPad, right? Yeah. You need to make sure you have um, that the self-care is not for something else that you have to get done or for another person. Okay. And so I would say that's the really, because if you're taking care of yourself, not only is it the task of caring for yourself, but some of those times, like when I'm, you know, drawn on my iPad, my brain's just kind of wandering. And it's also, you know, thinking of, you know, who am I as a person and what am I doing and what am I good at? And, oh my gosh, I am good at this art or whatever it is. You find out things about yourself. It's, it's almost that the self-care also needs to be a meditative type thing. That's what I was going to ask you. And that meditative, then it goes inside. Oh, yeah, meditation's yeah. a great self-care. Yeah. In fact, one of my favorite ones is, um, uh, and this isn't necessarily a plug for the person, although it is, it's my very favorite self-care meditation is called This Feeling Is You by Jessica Boston. And it's on Spotify. And it is the best guided meditation I've ever found. Do not want to use it during the day unless you're good for taking a couple hour nap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although if you're having trouble going to sleep, it's great. (laughs) And, uh, but it is, it's, I mean, you know, find gems like that, things that you really enjoy and put them. What I tell people to do is actually create a menu of their self-care of their five minute things of all of their 30 minute things, all of their, what can you do in two hours? What can you do in a full day and write down the menu? Because when that five minutes comes up every hour and you're like, Oh, sh- what, what am I going to do this time? Right. What am I going to do this time? You run out of like what you're excited to do and you can look on the list. And then when you realize, you know, and you just keep, it's kind of like having your own menu of self care items that you can do. Um, and, and it's great if you've got kids, and I know if we're talking, you know, we're talking about people in divorce, they need to teach their kids how to take care of themselves as well while they're going through these things if, they're, if it hasn't been socialized already. Not only modeling it for them and maybe doing it at the same time. Hey, it's our five-minute break. Everybody do their thing. Yeah. Right? 
um, and even maybe even with the with the partner or to be ex partner, you yeah. know, um, helping helping each other do that because just because you're divorcing doesn't mean you don't have. There's not some kind of feeling there for that person sure. or that that was, and that you care for their well being. Yeah. As you know? a matter of fact, that's what it, that that is the ideal divorce when people still maintain that sense of caring. They just can't stay together, and that's perfectly okay. There's nothing. And, and for, I would say, yeah, I'd say underneath it, even if one of the people doesn't maybe have that perspective any longer, frequently at least one of them might. Yeah. You no, know, and and because there's grief, and then there's grief and loss under that of losing the ability to be that caretaker or that person that helps the person. Yeah. You know. You, yeah. You know, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't still care for their well-being. And I, love, I think you can still do that. I love that idea, and I talk to parents all the time about this. I used to be a behavior consultant for school districts. It used to drive me crazy when parents would say, "I can't even go to the bathroom on my own. My kids are there." Well, th- you have to teach them. This is my time. That's your time. We're going to respect each other's space. So if you have the little ones, five minutes to a little child may be too long. So maybe start mm-hmm. with one minute where we just we just physically distance for one minute. Mm-hmm. And then after a week, we go two minutes. And then, yep. and, and you know, that it's, and then it's not just when you've got to go to the bathroom. Actually, yeah. do it when you don't have to go to the bathroom exactly. so that they understand that they're, that having time away from each other is good. And this is what we do in our in our own time and teach them. I think though, even teaching them things they can do in yeah. for themselves in their time. Yeah. Teaching them that it's okay for them to have their own time, especially at that young age. If yeah. you learn it and ingrain it at that age, can you imagine what a 20 year old would be like that has learned that as a toddler? And I was going to say, when you were talking about the guided meditations, I use, um, uh, and, and I'm not plugging it either, Insight Timer, which is a free app that you can use. There's Calm, there's Headspace. There's Insight a- Timer, Aura, yeah. Calm. And there's they, so many great ones now. And they have kids' meditations on there that yes. are guided imagery where they go into the forest and in their mind, uh-huh. they just lay on their backs. And it's it, you know, they're short, they're little, and kids love them. They just love them. So, oh, yeah. So, I love this idea of being doing this congruent work, becoming, coming into yourself, um, finding yourself at any time so that when you are going through difficulties, it's already there and established how you manage those patterns. Yeah. And that you, and that, and that during those times, you also realize who you are as an individual and be able to embody your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, oh, that is great. And Stacy, you know. Stacy, believe it or not, our time is just about up. So I get this conversation. It's like, how can it possibly be like 25? They go like that, right? <laughs> they go so well, fast. You know, we, and we wrangled a few squirrels in we there, did. I think. We did. You got some great, you really provided some practical tips. So thank you. And I know, um, Stacy, you have provided a, uh, a free giveaway for people. Um, to reach out to you and to deal with some stuff around anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And stress. And um, actually, um, they can actually even just send the hash, the the word anxiety to a number, if that's okay, if I give the number. Can we do one thing before we do that? But yes, I absolutely want you Mm -hmm. to do that. So um, Mm -hmm. we're going to, I'm going to interrupt this train of thought. It will be continued in a moment. Um, 
for people that are listening and uh, want to remember the one thing that you think is the most important that we talked about today, what would be that golden nugget or gem that you want people to recall? Have grace with yourself. Not only figuring out who you are and be authentically you, but as you're going through that, as you're going through changes, as you're going through loss and you're going through the things that you've got, you're going through, as you're making all those little decisions and the big ones, have grace with yourself. Because we're going to do things that later we think, oh, I can't believe I did that, you know, or, ooh, I really shouldn't have done that and I didn't mean to. Or maybe I did mean to, but I feel different about it later. Forgive yourself and have grace with yourself. Yeah. 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 A really critical one. So Stacey, yeah. now if people want to reach out to you, um, mm-hmm. what's you, you were going to give us a number and then I so rudely yeah. cut you off. What's um, No, you did not. You you segued <laughs> us where we needed to go because I think it was important to to uh look at that that uh grace piece. Yeah. That, that was vital. That's mm-hmm. really important. So yeah. how can people reach out to you if they um mm-hmm. want to learn a little bit more about what you do? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, the best way to find me is stacybryoka.com slash connect. So it's S-T-A-C-Y-B-R-A-I-U-C-A dot com slash connect. And if they want to get that, um, I, my gift to all your listeners is a free 20-minute anxiety busting session where, you know, we talked about fear earlier being kind of the root of change issues. Um 20 minutes and I'll help you get rid of anxiety in about one thing. Um, uh, Usually a small thing. It might not like your biggest anxiety. We might not be able to get rid of, but uh, just text the word anxiety to 816-670-4242. And all that information will be in the show notes. So you don't have to worry about trying to write it down. If you're in your car or out running or walking. Yes. Do not. Do not try not writing that down if you're driving. <laughs> and uh, just check but thank you for listening while you're driving. Yes, you know? yes. It, podcasts are a great thing to do while you're driving. So, Stacey, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've given us a, a wealth of information, and I know it's going to be valuable to, to listeners. It's valuable to me to just uh, think about these things again. I think that's always wonderful. And thank you all for listening into the podcast. And just remember, there'll be another recording out next Tuesday. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.